0: turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today is Dr. Paul Milcury. Paul graduated from Temple University Kornberg School of Dentistry with honors. He loves golf and staying active and fit. He lives in Palm Beach, Florida. Paul, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Ross. Happy to be here.
1: Well, you have a very unique situation, which I'm excited to talk about. We have never talked with someone in your situation on the podcast. And for full transparency for everyone listening, Paul is a brand new practice-owning dentist, as in brand new, as in like two and a half months. And so he has hit the ground running in a very unique situation, growing his practice. And we're going to talk about all the things that he's doing because he's grinding away. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about your unique situation and the practice that you quote-unquote bought, but it's kind of a unique purchase situation.
2: Yes. So, um, when I was interviewing, kind of coming out of dental school, I was looking into a lot of different routes, uh, the corporate route, some private practice route, and I use this service called um, ADA Practice Transitions, where they kind of will match you up with someone. So, I found a practice in Palm Beach, Florida, uh a practice from Dr. Rhonda Nasser who was there for 28 years and she's the owner was the owner of the practice um and she was kind of looking for a new dentist to continue her legacy and practice how she practiced which was patient first always kind of put the patient above all else patients over profits really so her and I instantly clicked and Her situation was uh, she's been out of business, out of practice for about two and a half, three years and offered her space and her equipment, the space for lease and the equipment for purchase. So I signed a five-year lease for the space and a purchase agreement to purchase the equipment. And from there, I'm just building up uh, some of her old Rolodex and a brand new Rolodex to kind of Spent my name here on Palm Beach, you know, treat the patients so, how I'd want to be treated.
1: And so you're, you're operating lean and mean because you're growing it from the ground up. She had been out of practice, had retired two and a half years ago, but basically said, hey, I got a spot that's great for a dentist. Most of her patients had gone away. You got some of her old patients, and now you're growing your business. But what I think is really interesting is you have no staff, and so you do all everything, From the billing, from the scheduling, the hygiene, I don't know how many dentists would humble themselves enough to do the hygiene, but you're doing the hygiene, and so they're truly getting a real patient-first experience here.
2: Yes, yeah, answer the phones, clean up after everything, kind of doing it all. It is a lot of work, but again, when you can sit down with the patient and really give them your time and attention. I think it really shows with uh, building patient trust Uh, in this profession. Trust is you're going to have patients for life if you can build a good foundation of trust. So that's kind of why I do it. If they see a different hygienist every time and I just pop in, hello, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Goodbye. I just don't think that that's a great way to build trust with the client. So in my eyes, the client tell down here is very, High class. They demand excellence. They demand the best of the best. So that's what I want to give them. So full time and attention is what I want to do, and what the patients here deserve.
1: What's interesting about that is, you know, if you were to buy a practice and the staff was already in place, you've got people doing these ancillary duties. But because you're able to, you're doing them, you're learning about them. It's going to give you a perspective down the road once you start hiring staff that you'll be able to. Uh, you know, see where efficiencies can be made or adjustments and things of that nature. That's so that's that's pretty interesting from that perspective. So you talk a lot about, you know, uh, concierge on your website and and you talk a lot about that when you're you're working with your clients. Talk a little bit more about the concierge type of dentistry that
2: you're doing. So what that means to me is kind of full service in launching this dental practice. There were so many different phone calls and things to set up that I needed to do. And it shocked me at how I would reach out to a company or a supplier or something like that, not receive a phone call back, not receive an email back. So when a patient calls, no matter what time of day or night, I'll answer, try and get them in if they're having an emergency or anything like that. Being responsive, I think is such a big factor in winning over patients and getting new patients to where I don't know if it's COVID or anything like that, but I feel like I'm sure your listeners know as well, even trying to get simple tasks done now seems like such a headache of people not calling you back, waiting on hold for hours on end. It's just a tall task to do even the simplest thing. So the concierge approach is kind of always, always available for them. I had a patient, it was a Saturday night. I had to leave the bar and go outside, answer their phone calls at about 11 o'clock at night, got them in that next Monday, no problem. So that, that kind of service is what I, what I want to well,
1: do. You, you should be able to charge a premium for that type of service. So if you're not, you should absolutely be
2: increasing your rates. So talk a
1: little bit about the oral cancer aspect
2: of your practice. So again, like the... Doctor spending time. I'll do an oral cancer screening at every single visit. Two minutes. Check the head, neck, mouth, throat. It's just very important. I know a lot of doctors don't really do that quite as much as they should. The dentist is one of the only doctors you should see two times or more a year. Um, I know a lot of people might not be as regular with their dermatologist or with their um medical doctor. So we're kind of a first line of defense there. So it's really important to me in Temple Dental School, where I went, kind of really instilled that in us to screen for oral cancer every time. Because if you can catch it really early, you, you could save a life as a dentist. And it's kind of kind of why I got into it. Yeah, that's, that's really important. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. So
1: talk a little bit about so you're starting from the ground up, starting from scratch here. How are you growing? What are your strategies? Obviously, service is key for you. What are your strategies for
2: growing your practice? So the one strategy that is kind of recently employed, which hopefully can yield some results, is just Google advertising. So heavily on the Google advertising. I also made some brochures, which I plan to kind of bike around and stick in mailboxes here around the neighborhood. There are also some hotels. It is a resort town, Palm Beach Island. A lot of people come for vacations and um, come on holiday. So there are a few big hotels of four seasons, the breakers, the colony. I hand wrote some letters, nice handwritten letters on a personalized stationery, brought them to the managers of these hotels and said, look, if, if any of your guests have any emergencies dental related, here on the island can be at the office for their emergencies so that's already yielded a, a couple of patients that have had veneers pop off things that they need to be seen so that's yet another way to kind of build clientele and build good relationships with local businesses
1: yeah if you're if you're sitting there and, and you you lose you know if a uh, if a crown comes off when you're on vacation you got to deal with that and having relationships with those hotels, it's critical because those hotels thrive on service as well. And, you know, it, it is a higher-end area. And so a higher-end level of service is, is, is absolutely critical. So what would you say, what are some of the challenges that, I mean, obviously coming out, you knew there was going to be some challenges. Some of them you probably didn't know what they were. What are some of the ones that kind of caught you off guard that you weren't expecting?
2: A few things I will say that might've caught me off guard a little bit is just like everything else, groceries, gas, some dental supplies are so expensive to purchase. And that has, I knew that they were really expensive, but some of the prices on these things, I feel like I'm getting gouged to be honest, but that's kind of what you have to do. Patients need supplies. So that has been a little bit tough at first, just because when I took over the practice. A lot of the um, hard materials like mirrors, explorers, stuff like that, that doesn't go bad. But a lot of the perishable items, like you would say, like composite, bone grafting materials, stuff like that. I had to reorder everything kind of bulk at once, um, anesthetic. So that was kind of a large chunk right in the beginning to kind of eat when income isn't as high just because I just started. So in the beginning, there were a lot of upfront costs. So I feel like I'm treading water a little bit until that patient flow increases, but that, that was pretty jarring. Another thing like I touched on before, even completing like simple tasks has been difficult. I was trying to get branded goodie bags essentially. And to contact someone to get proofs done, it, it's just a hassle that, that I would say has been more so of a hassle than, than I expected. So it sounds like your first hire will probably be an office manager more than it'll be a hygienist. yeah, for sure, for sure, and answering the phones, I mean, I think my voice is okay, but it would be nice to have someone to kind of greet the patients on the phone and answering the phone that that would be nice
1: so obviously, when you' go to dental school, you learn a lot clinically, but I guess you've kind of learned kind of baptism by fire, if you will, that you really weren't taught anything about business at all. And, you know, if you could rewind time or at least tell a dental school, hey, it'd be nice to teach us some things. I mean, you're kind of, uh, how do I say it, almost like thrown to the wolves naked, if you will, from a business standpoint. Yeah. And you just have to figure it out on your own or, or call a friend or a mentor or somebody and, and figure it out, right?
2: Yes. At my dental school, they did a very bare bones practice management course, but that was more so of like, all right, here's corporate dentistry. Here's like private practice. It wasn't really like, all right, how do you do a P and L sheet? Like, that's kind of like, I was sitting there like, all right, I got to like draw up a P and L for the first few months. And, and that was kind of teaching myself, like just Google through like business books also. So stuff like the nitty gritty, I wish that they taught a little bit more. Anyone can figure out what a corporate dental office is or, basic contract stuff but actually sitting down and like working out i guess practice problems like you make this amount your cost is that amount like what would be your net operating income stuff like that actually doing some practice problems because i mean myself it has like you said been trial by fire it's yeah
1: that's where having a bookkeeper will help and you know um and things I And mean, you're gonna learn that as time goes on so so As we kind of wind down here, let me ask you this. What advice would you give to a brand new
2: dental school graduate based on your experience? Don't be scared. Like don't tiptoe because what I think is that these corporate dental offices will offer such big contracts to students coming out where it's getting tough for them to say no and they're starting to get bigger and bigger. You're never really fully going to be ready to open something up or make that jump. You just got to, you can't tiptoe. You have to be confident. If you graduate dental school, you're going to be smart enough to do it. You just can't be scared to take the risk. That's great advice. Now, in hindsight, do you wish you had gone to corporate
1: dentistry? Do you wish you had been an associate? Are you glad you started from scratch?
2: In hindsight, it would have been nice to maybe get a year or two under the belt, but the opportunity that I had, I, I couldn't pass up. Cause it, when will an opportunity like this come around again in a location like this with this kind of setup? So I, I had to do it, even though I, I knew I wasn't really ready, but I'll be ready eventually. Like, I, like you I, said, I
1: Trevor, appreciate doing the doing. just the, just taking the leap of faith. I appreciate that. Now, if there's anybody listening who wants to call you and give you advice, or call you and pick your brain? Is there there going to be in a similar situation to you? How can people get in touch with you?
2: Uh, You can call my office phone at 561-655-0666, or I could give you my email. It's my name, paulmelcuri at me.com. An email would be great, but I'd be happy to talk to anyone or any advice. Personally, I'm all ears.
1: Well, Paul, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your time today.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Ross. Thank you for having me.
1: You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross
0: Brannan. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com.
3: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax legal or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting services. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ross Brandon is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Security, LLC, PASS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PASS. Member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian New York, New York. Paz is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian North Florida Financial. It is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Paz or Guardian. California insurance license number 0L10073. Arkansas insurance license number 6139032. 2022 142096 expires 824.
0: This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C Suite Radio.com.